Hey guys, I just wanted to take this quick opportunity to thank you all for your amazing response to the launch of our show. Uh, we've been blown away by how much you guys and gals have gotten on board with it. I mean, we've got a massive following in Australia, which is always awesome. But also we've started to grab you guys in Europe, you know, the UK, Ireland, in Germany and Poland. And also in the US, we've started to make waves there. So, you know, California, Louisiana, Texas, New York State, Virginia. Good on you, Virginia. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just loving... Uh, how many views we're reaching at the moment, and you know we hope we can do a lot better with it. So anyway, um, uh, just make sure to wherever you're wherever you're hearing us or listening to us, just give us a like, uh, share, or follow, because uh, it really lets us know how we're going and how we can do better. Uh, hey, share us with your friends because that's you know as if you wouldn't want to share the great stuff with your friends. And hey, shit, share us with your enemies because you know who knows who knows this, this could could breach could heal the wounds i don't want to say this will uh, bridge the chasm of enmity between you i'm not here to make that claim uh but you know hey at the very least uh share it with them and then they'll know that you got to us first <laughs> so anyway here comes a brand new story uh it's one of my personal favorites actually so i really enjoyed doing this i did this with uh, one of my best mates uh nicholas lee murphy and uh, yeah won't hold you off anymore Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little, and welcome to A Little History, in our first season titled A Mythology Apology. Each week I'll be bringing you stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. These stories can be some of the most iconic tales we've known, and some of them are just really weird and obscure. So join me each week as I present this to you, alongside a lot of shit talking, some weird segues, and some weird silly sound effects. You're listening to A Little History. explanation of the world who immediately made her their queen as a cow no as a human unfortunately he trips on a tangled root and kind of knocks himself out <laughs> so he's a horse mechanic and he's a son of a god as well. he's a horse mechanic i didn't need a freaking story about making pies man i know how to make a bloody pie i'm Koshy the deathless <laughs> give me the fucking ball and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to give Gilgamesh a piece of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Plexipus. Homeless Gandalf without a beard. I'm not going to help you at this point, but what you should do is you should leave your silver snuff box with us for us to remember you by. <laughs> silver snuff box. And she, uh, she starts cursing Gilgamesh, being like, fuck you, Gilgamesh, piece of shit. So he heads back to Mycenae with Cassandra the concubine. <laughs> Is that what she's known as? Yeah, one job to do, mate. One <laughs> fucking job. Don't look in the closet. I'm glad I got your attention. So we'll just do a little intro. Hello, Nick. Ah, uh, good day, <laughs> Thank you for joining me. And just just for just for the listeners, Nick, just uh, introduce yourself. What's um, what's your story? How do we know each other? Well, uh, mate, you know, anyone who knows me uh, wants to know me, and that's just the, uh, the shorthand of it. But um, <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist really. But uh, mates, you and I you know, traipse our story way back into the primary school era. Correct. Of, uh, our lives, you know, starting in the in the most wondrous uh, year of year four, where you and I were, um, you know, sort of joined, I suppose, in some sort of friendship matrimony. Uh, probably quite early on, really. It happened quite, you know, almost straight away, from what from what I recall. Yeah, so it was uh, one of those things where, um, hey, it just it just felt right, you know, just uh, two Indeed. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed youngsters. Uh, Ready to see what the world had. The best of friends. So yeah, there we go. That's how we know each other, and uh, it is. It's it's been a wonderful, um, nearly 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 thirty years. Yes, yes, jeez, has been. I should, I should, I should have it mentioned. <laughs> yes, time does fly. I should have it mentioned though that you are quite the uh, prominent musician as well in uh, in in Canberra. And uh, mate, anyone who uh, who knows of uh, Nicholas's works uh, with the Filthy Darlings, or you know, in previous uh, previous ventures, uh, definitely get on board. Thank you, sir. And uh, yes, indeed, to you listeners, please do come support the uh, support the chap who's uh, just like every other chap. Yes. All right. Enough of that. Uh, it's my story, and uh, we're <laughs> we're gonna tell it. <laughs>
All right, sir. So today, today's story is part of the, uh, the my this uh, series of uh, uh, a mythology apology. Uh, I'm going to take you. Uh, we're going to stay in in the uh, the Greek realm. It's in the Greek world, and this is going to be the story of Io. Io, okay. Yes. So Io, Io. It's off to this story we go. <laughs> nice. I am sorry. Brilliant. There's been plenty more of those. Well, uh, go on. Thank you. All right. So our story begins in a beautiful grove somewhere in Greece. We know it is the southern part of Greece, like the Peloponnese, uh, for those listeners who caught up with parts one to three of the Curse of the House of Atreus. Uh, we're looking around the area of Argos, the famous city of Argos. No longer with us, but the famous city regardless. So we're zooming into this uh, this grove, which of which a restless river flows through it, and the grove itself is uh, is bordered on all sides by a thick wood. So it's kind of like a bit of a um, an isolated, uh, almost like a time uh, time uh, away from time place, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so through this uh, through this river, uh, oh sorry, through this grove, a river flows, uh, and you know the uh, it's inhabited by the god Inagus. So he's the river god, and he's just he's just hanging out in the river doing what he does, as he kind of is is a river. He's a bit more elemental than anything else, and he yeah, has. When you, when you say uh, so, when you say elemental, like he's just like part of the uh, uh, general sort of natural order of the world like a, like an element within the world or something yeah or... yeah mostly i mean to a point a lot of the gods uh pretty much all the gods in greek mythology are anthropomorphized um being, oh, being that humanized. you know yeah being that they do and, and can take human form but uh predominantly in Arcus is 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 described as more so uh part of the elements than rarely depicted as a in some sort somewhat human form it's a good word, uh, anthropo anthropomorphic. I love that. I learned it about a month ago. It's fun. It's hard to pronounce, as you found out, <laughs> with my yeah, with my good. attempts. But it's just fun to say. I wouldn't worry too much about Anarchus because uh, he's a bit inept uh, in a lot of things, as we'll find out. But yeah. the important thing about this guy is that he's ha he has a single child. He's a young virgin daughter, and her name is Io. Ah, uh, and so enters the, uh, you know, the the. Uh, Female protagonist, whatever the female protagonist is called, leading lady, perhaps. We'll call her leading lady. All right. Yes. Lovely. Yeah, correct. Now, Io loved nothing more than to wander throughout the grove of which I of which I described earlier. Uh, and she was all about walking beside her father's stream. She was all about that. That's how she got her kicks. Um, mm. Yep. Kind of just like a like a forest, like a like a wood nymph. Or something like that just like i love the bushes and the rivers and the trees and, and stones and such <laughs> she's um yeah but on, on and, her, uh, on, yeah sorry i was just curious as to what stage she entered her moon phase don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry god uh so on her down in her downtime uh she was also uh, a priestess to the goddess hera ah hera wife of Wife and sister of Zeus. Zeus, yes. So they, they got it. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the brother-sister uh, God thing. They were, they were big on that, and uh, everyone was happy for it. Right. Oh, so, wait. so Zeus, so Hera was Zeus's sister and wife. And wife, yes. Sister wife. Sister wife. And, uh, and daughter? Uh, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get the big three, uh, but uh, no. Sister, sister and wife. <laughs> All right, good enough. Good enough. Yes. Who now I should. Yes. No, exactly. Uh, now I should mention that some writers, like uh, that of Apollodorus, who I do take uh, from this story later on and in, in various bits, do mention diff like a different parentage, but we're sort of uh, is in a different parentage of Io, so not Anarchus and there's other blokes and uh, and people in, involved in that. But it's sort of it's a bit more. It's a bit sort of you know which what do you believe and all that. And I thought you know if you've got a father who's a river god, you're, you're looking pretty good. So that's what we're doing there. And uh, as I said, she's a virgin, uh, a virgin priestess to the goddess Hera. So she's she's got a pretty good life. 
as in in her mind. She's wandering by the streams in her grove, and then she's also making sacrifice offerings and all that to uh, to Hera. So life is good. Until unfortunately, uh, well, Aya went to sleep one night, and she became troubled by uh, by many dreams that she had. And she would always wake from these dreams, uh, hearing a voice. Uh, sort of like the, the last echoes of the dream. She would hear, hear, hear a voice questioning her about why she would guard her virginity. Oh, why would you not put out? Always nice no. dreams to have. <laughs> yeah, so just, just curious, you know, like, uh, so she was, you know, what sounded like she was um, a teenager. Uh, just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should, I should get out there. Like, why guard your virginity when you can not guard it? Is that about the sum of it? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> bits and pieces. It, these, these dreams continued for many nights. So she hears the voice continuing to question her. Why, look, why are you having, uh, why are you not getting down and dirty with it, Io? I mean, you know, you should, it's, it's just virginity. What's wrong with that? And the voice would say that Zeus, of all people, of all, of all entities, Zeus, the greatest of lovers, he was keen. He was interested in young Io. Hmm. Now, these dreams continued until they eventually, uh, until she eventually gave in to Zeus's mind attack. Zeus mind attack. So it's like, <laughs> it's a, a, a psychic a, attack. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or she just like, oh, fine. Like, you know, you keep knocking on the door. You're like, fine. All right. Fine, Zeus. You keep, fuck. All right. <laughs> all right. Come on in. I didn't mean any sexual innuendo by that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, she she eventually just relents, but this is sort of in her head. But I do love um, the various the, the the variety of of accounts on this because a lot of the Roman uh, accounts, which I actually prefer, because it sort of links up well with this story, uh, has Zeus uh, appearing to Io not in her dreams but in the form of a young boy, right? Okay, who would sort of hang 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 out with her while she's playing in the or while she's walking in the grove and all that. And 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 sort of grow a bit of a uh, uh, affiliation to her, or a bit of a rapport with her through that guy's. So she would she would be like, oh, you're a nice young boy, um, excellent. Uh, we'll we'll hang out. All the while she does she doesn't recognise him as being the king of the gods. So he's either way either way Zeus is being a bit of a dirty dog and uh, just doing it rather sneaky styles, spying. Yes. One day, I mean, regardless of the stories, one day Zeus finally comes to Io in his form. Zeus, the almighty king of the gods, and he presses his claim and gets into Io, and she's like, oh, all right. So they do it. You get a little so, she, so she's not really that, so just so, just so I'm clear, she's not really that keen on the king of the gods. She's a young virgin girl. She wasn't sure. Like, she didn't know he was king of the gods anything like that she's getting mind raped by him in his dreams or you know mind yeah. <laughs> in his dreams in her yeah. dreams sorry good um, word mind raped that right yeah she's just she's just a little bit unsure about what's going on uh and as i said uh the the accounts do vary with this story so some of them have it being consensual the other one has uh, zeus being a little bit more forceful with his uh insertion so yep, yep yeah you take do that with it as you will but anyway so uh while zeus uh because he's getting a bit hot under the collar in this whole build-up to it because he's like oh man, i'm really i'm really in you know uh you know uh what would you say inverted commas uh in love with uh io you know he just wants to wants to have a piece uh so he's he, he creates a covering of clouds heavy cloud cover over this grove and which covers in some stories the whole earth so he can uh he can be hidden while he's doing the uh while he's getting into io so all, oh my word yes so all the while um up on uh up on mount olympus hera uh zeus's wife it's is just wife. uh busying herself with whatever she does uh but she's always very suspicious of zeus uh because he's always looking to go off and uh and be promiscuous with, uh, with various uh, mortal women and such. Uh, so she... Not his first, by the sounds of it. Then, no, then. no. He's a bit of a uh, habitual uh, seducer. You go around calling yourself the world's greatest lover. Um, you sort of want to let everyone know about it. And yet, uh, and yet you know, obviously, you know, can does all right with Hera, but, you know, does it can't sort of land anything else with any other gods. So he... 
just lowers his standard to mortals. Um, well, no, he, he he has gotten he has gotten jiggy with uh with other gods uh or other goddesses, but there's something about the mortals. It's always the gods uh entwining themselves in 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 humankind. So that's sort of more mm. in the, in the tales. That's more of a device to sort of let people know that the gods always have a hand in things. But in in terms of Hera, they're in what is you know a traditional marriage. So the way that uh, Zeus and Hera are described is that Hera is really very very jealous, but she's also a uh, dutiful wife, which is what they like. The writers in that were trying to teach <laughs> teach a little bit hypocritically to uh, to the the women of the day. Like, hey, this is what a wife does, and this is what you should be doing as a wife, and nothing more. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, very much a, a yeah. patriarchal way to keep women in their place. And you're like, man, that's a bit of a shit uh, thing to be telling everybody, especially like ingrained in the yeah. young women. But yeah, it's very, uh, not the best. The writers were all men. But anyway, uh, back to the story. Um, Z- uh, Hera's hanging up in Mount Olympus and she sort of goes, oh, geez, I wonder where Zeus is at. I haven't seen him in a while. Like, what's all that cloud down there? I hadn't seen that there. I better go check it out. So, you know. Not the greatest plan. I mean, if you don't want her to see what you're doing, don't throw up a big, huge <laughs> covering that'll still draw some attention. Well, one area. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, like shroud the entire area or something, you know, maybe throw a couple of like giant shrouds. Well, yeah. You know, just throw off the course if, if you're trying to be dishonest. Some diversion shrouds. Something. Go off the case. Oh, well, this, guy's a, this guy's like the king of the gods. King of the gods. He was, just, uh, he was just doing his thing. I suppose he wasn't king of the, you know, of deceit by the sounds of. He's king of smart. He had to go back to plan school because he needed a better one. That was t- <laughs> not the greatest. That's right. Not the greatest. So anyway, uh, Hera, she's on. She's zooping down to uh, to go and uh, find out what's going on underneath that cloud. But also Hermes, uh, messenger of the gods, he's uh, he's caught whiff of this as well, and he's gone. Shit, I need to go. Uh, I need to go take care of Zeus, give him the heads up, you know, bros before hoes and all that jazz, apparently. Um, I need to let him know what's up. What's his uh, opinion generally of mortals and, you know, and, you know, sort of uh, uh, coercion and, you know, sort of sex with mortals and all that? Is he, is he, is he party to this sort of school of oh, thought? Or is he yes. A bit more... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got sons, sons and uh, he's got offspring that are, that are demigods. Oh, so I see, right. He's, he's happy with it as well. He's happy to, uh, to jump into it. He's one, of the, he's one of the gods. So he's like, yep, I'm going to do what gods do. My word. Yeah. In this case, uh, Hermes is all about protect or giving Zeus the heads up about what's going on. So he, because uh, he's, you know, a lot swifter than Hera, he's got his uh, little sandals with, uh, with wings on them uh, in some, in, in many tales. So he's, uh, he's able to get to him, to Zeus beforehand and just give uh, Zeus the heads up because he's down there uh, getting jiggy with Aya. And uh, Zeus is, Zeus is like, oh shit. Uh, all right. Right, uh, plan B. And so what he decides to do in the nick of time before Hera rocks up is he turns Io into a white cow. <laughs> My word. And so uh, so Zeus, um, is, is he aware that she's now a white cow? Oh, yeah. he Zeus himself, he turned her into a white cow. Oh, okay. So, right. And... Whilst he was entering her, no, because he's, he's, you'd think he would have stopped because Hermes has come and tell him, told him that his wife's on the way. I just, yeah, okay. I just thought maybe he just thought this isn't as bad, you know. If, if I'm committing like, you know, bestophilia, it's probably a better look than you know than being an adulterer, which she probably knows I am, anyways. But at least this, I've got like a, a weird excuse to get the cover. Up. Well, it wasn't bestiality at the time. Like he wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't getting cheeky with her. He goes, you know what? A cow would do pretty well right now. Poof. There probably, we go. Probably, probably perfectly normal with the gods, right? Well, they did, they did do some weird shit like that. But no, uh, in, oh, this, in this instance, uh, he was, uh, you know, getting familiar uh, or more familiar with the, uh, the beautiful young Io. But hearing that his wife is, uh, is en route, uh, he goes, oh, shit, I better stop this hanky-panky styles and then, boom, turn her into a cow. So that's what's happening there. And so Hera rocks up just as the, uh, the transformation has taken place. So she uh, arrives at what the scene is of uh, Zeus um, sitting, just relaxing and reclining with a big, uh, beautiful white uh, cow next to him. 
Is he, when, you, when you say reclining, like, you know, is he patting? Is he stroking the cow? Is he, yeah, he's, is just, he, he's admiring the cow. Because this is a good heifer. I like this. Just sitting, you know, just just classic sitting. Yeah, I mean, you think he might still have like a half chub or something going on? Uh, yeah. Not fully, not fully uh, evaporated, but still, uh, it, it could have just been in like an NRB, you know, like a no reason boner. Just hey, just I just felt comfortable. No reason boner. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did what did what did I think about all this? You know, like just oi, by the way, uh, you enjoying this? Yeah, it's all right. Look, I'm gonna turn you into a cow. What? <laughs> 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 Look, it's not meant to be some some metaphor like, or it's not meant to be clever about like all women are cows. I'm just going to turn you into a cow. You got me? But, but why? This is so lovely. Look, it just needs to happen right now. I'm going to turn you into a cow. I'm not really into cows, actually. I don't really dig them at all. But I'm just going to turn you into a cow. Are you ready? <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Right. That yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> just feeling boiling over. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So um, presumably, I um, Zeus didn't really confide in Io his plans. It was more of like a oh shit, like I would to do this now. It was like Hera's walking through the door and he's like oh shit, quick transformation. And so Hera's uh, finding Zeus just stroking this uh, this beautiful cow, and he's like what w- what <laughs> hi hi lovely what what do you think's going on? I'm just I'm just hanging out, just just admiring this cow. Just patting the cow, isn't it? <laughs> and so he's like, I know what you're up to, mate, but oh, you've covered your tracks fairly well. Oh, I'm still stewing. And so she's like, she's obviously suspicious of what's going on. I mean, no one hides themselves under clouds to pat a cow. Mate, no doubt. She knows, she knows something's up. Time to go be dutiful again. <laughs> but Zeus, he denies any funny business. He's just, he just sticks by his, uh, this is the hill he's going to die on. He's like, baby, I'm just playing with this cow. Don't worry about it. So Hera, still being unconvinced by uh, Zeus's claims, uh, decides uh, that it would be a great idea if Zeus gives the cow to her as a gift. Ah, mate. What, a, what, a, what an interesting twist. Yes, indeed. She goes, well, if you, you know, that is a nice cow, actually. Um, you should probably give that to me as a gift because I'm your wife. And he's like, ah, you've got me there. Um, uh, probably this cow. <laughs> what's a god to do? Um, <laughs> well, all right, all right, my love. Uh, you have this cow as a symbol of our love. Uh, it's a gift from me to you. Um, uh, please enjoy it. Um, uh, and don't take it too far away, if you know what I mean, because I have plans uh, later on. But uh, no, please enjoy this gift. Um, While she's a cow. Yes. <laughs> well, any, uh, and, so, uh, and so Hera takes the cow. She goes, thanks, 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 hubby. I'm taking this cow and uh, I'm going to place it under the guard of one of my famous, uh, my best of guards, uh, by the name of Argus, not to be confused with Argos. Um, his name is his name is Argus, the All-Seeing, who he happens to have one hundred eyes. I've got lots and lots of eyes. One hundred eyes, my word! No wonder she gave him to him. A big ton. How many does Argos have? Hey, how many eyes does Argos have? Argos, I know how many people live in that city. Because uh, it's a sorry, city. Argos, it, Argos is a coll- Oh, Argos is a, is a city. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Very good, sir. Brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't worry about Argos. We don't need to worry about Argos for the rest of this story. Argus, though, he's the he's the guard who never sleeps because at any one time he'll have fifty of his eyes closed, and the other fifty will be uh, uh, open and and looking looking for any shifty behaviour. Probably get up pretty early to catch him with his trousers down. Exactly. Whatever you, whatever whatever's happening, he'll have fifty eyes on you. And uh, all right, so a, a very a very you know a very a worthy guard for you know for for her to basically find out you know as to the the nature of this deception which she believes is being weaved by the Almighty. Well, she's she uh, Hera. She's got an Argus to guard Io the cow. Uh, cause she believes that Zeus is, uh, he's not going to let that go lightly. 
So she's like, I'm going to get my best guard, uh, old hundred eyes over here, and uh, he's going to look after her. So what Argus does, he goes, all right, uh, white cow, because he doesn't know. Nobody knows that that's Io, but they're, they are suspicious. They're like, all right, cow, that is somehow really important in, in my day to day. Uh, I'm going to tie you to an olive tree in, uh, in the middle of this clearing, uh, which you stay at, at night. But then at, during the day, you're able to wander around and you got, you're, you're, you're a free range cow during the day. Mate, you gotta uh, you gotta hand it to Io. She must be loving this. She'd be like, "Man, that's freaking Hera right there. That's the that's the person I worship." Yes, how good's this? Even though I'm a cow, but she's a cow. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> weird trade off. And Hera's Hera's not like, "Oh, you're an awesome cow. I uh, I definitely want to have you closer by." She's like, "All right, I know this this guy. This cow has something to do with my husband being uh, shifty. So I'm distrustful of this cow. So I'm just gonna keep it nearby." So she's Naturally. like. She's like meeting her fan, like one of her idols, but the idol's just like, yeah, whatever, mate. Like, um, you're just a fan. So she's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not, not loving it too much. But and she's not loving the fact that she's a cow. She's a bit distraught. Does the cow weep? Well, she weeps cow, cow tears. <laughs> cow tears? Cow tears. She's not happy. Probably, pr- probably pretty heavy. Yeah, or hefty. Ah, there we go. She's there we a go. heifer. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yes. So she wanders the rivers uh, around this clearing, uh, and as able as as luck would have it, she chances upon her father in Arcus, the river god. Right. But unfortunately, all that she can say is moo because she's a cow and she doesn't have a voice box. Ah, uh, too bad for her. So she's like trying, she's like, oh shit. And this is as a cow. So she's like, oh shit, my hooves are up and wailing about. What do I do? What do I do? So she's uh, obviously distraught by her uh, situation. And she uh, comes up with the idea to write in the sands uh, on the on the riverbank to explain to Inarchus what's going on. Right. And so Inarchus, he understands. He reads the, uh, the cow writing and he's like, oh shit, that's my daughter. Io, oh no, what's happened to you? Oh, I'm really upset about this. Oh, I can't help you though. Bye. <laughs> good, good guy. Great, great inept father. So yeah. he he leaves. He's out of it. <laughs> he yeah. goes, oh, that's a bit of a shit situation you're in, Io. Uh, um, I'm out of here. Oh well, you got left the stove on. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but so. Uh, and so Argus, old uh, hundred eyes, he's been watching all this, and he goes, "Man, I think she's. I think this Io. Uh, sorry, I think this cow's had a little bit too much freedom. You know, she's uh, looking distraught, crying, half a tear. She's writing in the sand. Uh, nah, she's. We got to keep closer on her. So I'm. I'm going to take her back. I'm just going to just lash her to the the tree a little bit tighter. Not not whip her, but just tie her up to the tree. So she's not going anywhere. Now speaking of uh, like or not not giving up. Uh, Zeus, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't forgotten uh, the poor girl, uh, turn cow, and he's not, he's not, uh, he's not about to let her go forever. Uh, and so he, he's got a plan. He's going to enlist his friend Hermes, uh, the messenger of the gods, uh, to help him in a daring cow heist. Oh my word, mate! This is all, this is all very exciting. It's well, you just wait. It's building and building even more. So. Uh, Hermes decides he's like, oh wow, this Argus guy—he's got a lot of eyes. He'll, he'll, um, he's gonna be hard to, hard to get by. I've got lots and lots of eyes. So, uh, Zeus, by the way, doesn't do anything. He just tells Hermes, uh, "Yep, you should go and steal this cow. Uh, I'm what? gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go and just like recline somewhere. Just not do, not do anything. Uh, but you should do it for me. See ya. Right." So Hermes, Hermes has his plan. He goes, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go up to just hang out nearby to Argus in the fields and I'm going to mm-hmm. play a sweet tune on me pipe. So I'd like to think that it's something, because it's, it's, it's to the point where Argos is, uh, sorry, Argus is so yes. just uh, moved by this tune. He's lulled to, uh, to you know, a point of, of uh, maybe sleep, but just to that point between sleep and awake. Ah, mate, so it's almost like a lullaby. Yeah, I, I, I want to think it's like the intro to like Stairway to Heaven or something like that. Um, yep. Just something that's really just gets him going. He gets it, he's transfixed entirely. He is, uh, to the point where he's in between like, you know, falling asleep and being awake. Uh, and then Hermes uh, promptly cuts off his head. Ah! Holy hell. 
So Hermes cuts off like the, the guard of Hera. Hera, like who entrusted this, you know, obviously this guard who's probably somewhat priceless because he never sleeps. And in the, you know, in exchange for a cow, which is like one head, um, you know, even though it's I obviously, but barely can do much else. And they think this is all fair trade for Zeus. Well, that's it. Oh, 100 eyes, got to go. Is there any more people with 100 eyes? Uh, not that we know of. So he didn't like, he, he, you know, Argus didn't sort of like, you know, head out into Olympia or wherever and, you know, just kind of get his genes amongst, you know, amongst all the, all the mortals there and have some sort of like demi kids with like 20 eyes or anything. Like 100 eye gene pools or anything like that. No, not that we know of. Right. right. So, uh, mate, that's, that's, that's quite a heavy loss, unfortunately. Yes, oh, indeed, indeed. And so, so is the, uh, oh, in the description of which I just told, I just want to read you a little bit uh, from the Roman writer Ovid, who describes it so beautifully. I was like, ah, I've got to make a quote. So here it is. So low lies Argus, dark is the light of all his hundred eyes. His many orbed lights extinguished in the universal gloom that night surrounds. I was like, oh, mate, what a fantastic line. Poetic. So no more hundred eyes. And there never will be. Yep. None of that. So with Argus dead. Extinction, you might say. Indeed. He killed the last of his kind in exchange for a cow. Oh, I, a beautiful white cow, mind you. And didn't even bat an eyelid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just just a, just a remarkable sort of like so it's it's incredible you know like obviously the the loyalty the loyalty it's the world which, that uh, the world that the world they lived in oh indeed yeah mate, do what the god do what the king says go on anyway sorry, correct as you were. so with Argus dead uh, Hermes decides to let Io or help Io to escape uh, the imprisonment of Hera okay he's gonna help he's gonna help her out and uh, Hera comes uh, comes into the uh, comes into the scene. Uh, or comes onto the scene and sees uh, dead Argus there, uh, and she's overcome with uh, with with grief because Argus was, you know, he had a hundred eyes, so he was he was great. Uh-huh. Um, no, so she's overcome with grief uh, at the death of Argus, old hundred eyes, and 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 she decides to uh, to take all hundred eyes and place place the eyes on the tail or set them in the tail of her pick her pet peacock. She puts. She takes all the hundred eyes and puts them in the head of a pet peacock. In the tail of her pet peacock. Ooh. Okay. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm with thus, you. Yep. thus, thus explaining why peacocks have eyes in their feathers. Now that's imaginative. Ah, oh, mate. What a, what a lovely sort of like little, um, whatever you call that. Testimonial to uh, to Argus. Indeed. You failed at your job, mate. So now we're going to pop your eyes in feathers. I suppose yeah, it's just a bit of a you know, like unfortunately, like um, you know, didn't didn't really give him a hundred eyes, uh, like hundred tail sort of peacock because it was more like probably twenty five or something. Yeah. So uh, one thing, yeah. Well, one thing I didn't I didn't touch on earlier is our is our queen of the gods Hera and the jealousy which Hera harbors uh, just for anyone that's that Zeus steps out with, but. He so she sees dead Argus, the cow's missing, and she blames Io for this. She blames Io the cow. Io the cow. She blames Io for Hermes killing the guard Argus. <laughs> and she hates she hates Io by the way because she suspects that that Io was was sort of uh, fraternizing with Zeus all along. What as a cow? Oh, as a human before. Hence why she was suspicious. Oh, okay, right, right. And then she's she's so, suspicious that something's something's linking Io with this. But she yeah, yeah. And she hates Io. I mean, I think that's a pretty rough rough deal for the poor girl. Yeah, totally. Poor Io just worships this like this lady. Um, you know, obviously, you know, she's incredibly insecure about regarding her marriage, and, and rightly so, because you know Zeus is a, you know, is a, um is a philanderer, and he's a just putting himself about wherever he can because he's obviously pretty dissatisfied maybe a million years is too long with a lady perhaps mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows but um in any case and as a result she's you know as opposed to looking and she blames io uh or yeah in but in female form or in cow form uh both forms 
She sort of at this point, I think the... I, I think she's connected the dots that this might be Io the cow. Yeah, okay, uh, right. Hence why, hence why there's so much. Uh, uh, what, do, what do you call it? So much effort in trying to, uh, uh, or so much focus on this on this cow in terms of trying to free her and and hang with her and all that. She's sort of maybe connected the dots that this is Io, but still a very rough, very rough deal. I mean, this this girl works for you and your husband. Yeah. <laughs> your husband, you know. In, in a lot of accounts, forces himself on her and then turns her into a cow. Very underhand. And then somebody else nicks her from you and you're like, it's her fault. It's her fault. You're like, what is going on? Always <laughs> uh, oh, not very smart though, is she? Like, you know, she, she assumed that this, this cow, you know, like this somewhat immobile, non-combatant cow um, killed like a person who is uh, a, a sleepless, hundred-eyed demigod. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does she, does she really think that? She's a jealous wife. That's probably the easiest way to, to extract it. She's very yeah. jealous and she gets overcome by it. And jealousy leads to rage and anger and all that jazz. So she's very angry at Io. And she manifests her rage in the form of a gadfly. Buzz, 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 buzz. What the hell's a gadfly? A gadfly is something that she sends after her uh, and bites or stings her little cow butt as she's running away. Right, the gadfly is a is a is a large fly which typically uh, hangs around uh, a lot of like cattle and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and this is a way in which uh, the ancient writers uh, attributed the gadfly stinging cows in the fields to uh, as a representation of Hera, uh, you know, dishing out some some justice, you know, uh, air quotes justice uh, on Io. In the form of a gadfly stinging her. Okay, right. So this is what this is one of those. Oh, this is this is why uh, this happens in the regular world. It's because this happened in in one of the stories. Explanation of the world in the myth in the mythological world. Yes. So she's yeah. big on her she's big on her revenge. You know, you but, um, but surely, like you know, the stinging of even a giant gadfly isn't much of a you know like a um, you know trade off to the to the death of a pseudo demigod, the last of his kind. Well, maybe maybe Io might not be a fan of running because this gadfly follows her all the way north into northern Greece and across into Asia via the rather famous crossing known as the Bosphorus. Ah, the Bosphorus, yep. Which some ancient or, or translations of ancient texts of the word Bosphorus can come through as cow crossing. Hmm. So some of them, by the way. I mean, translations can be tricky things. Um, and then she runs all the way down through modern Turkey, like a Asia Minor, all the way down through like modern-day Palestine and all that, and runs all the way to Egypt, the land of Egypt. What well, worst? So that flies doing some stuff. What's what's uh what's what's Turkey called this time, by the way? Well, it's it's a a, uh, a loose affiliation of city-states still but it's known as like okay. asia minor um areas of like anatolia as well okay um it's where places like ancient troy i mean in these stories um troy could still be around but then you've got places like sardis and all that um yeah you, it's, it's sort of known as asia minor okay cool all right i'm with you or asia to begin to that's what the greeks kind of saw it as that was the that was the point of asia that's the beginning of asia all oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't any like solid, solidly uh, recognized as a single, a single land with single people. Like much like Greece isn't. I mean, Greece is known as Greece, but nobody, nobody called themselves. Ah, oh, I'm, 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 I am Greek because they're not Greek. Yeah. You're, you're, you're from the city or region in Greece that you're from. So I'm Athenian, oh, or, or I'm Olympian. I'm Olympian. I am. Uh, Argonian, uh -huh. yeah, so stuff like that. So, um, so basically, so so this she goes on this ginormous pilgrimage, you know, by herself. Well, obviously, in, with a with a with a giant gadfly in pursuit. Well, not a giant; it's just a gadfly. So it's probably not any big, any big, any bigger than a regular gadfly. But they're big, they're big flies. And she's and she's and she's essentially fleeing the, from the gadfly. Yep, because it keeps stinging her. So she's like, ah, running more, running more. <laughs> so. She, so she runs all the way How down. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, go on. <laughs> it's, 
They don't stop to check it. How old are you, by the way? You got any idea there? Well, it's a hell, it's a hell of a freaking walk. <laughs> well, she didn't walk. She ran it. She was, she was oh, worried. She ran, right. She's under duress. She was not, not happy. So she, uh, yeah, so as I said, she runs down and makes her way to settle in Egypt. And there's a uh, quite, uh, there's, there's a bit of a historical explanation for why there's a, uh, there's a couple of uh, areas or bodies of water known as the Ionian Sea, uh, which a lot of these stories attribute to Io. So another little ah. historical fact there for you. But yeah, Zeus has been on the sidelines of this little marathon um, all this time. And then at this point, you know, he gets it, when she gets to Egypt, he, he couldn't bear it any longer. Io's torment. And he goes to Hera and he begs Hera to have mercy on the poor maiden, on, on her ah. employee who he, you know, forced himself upon, turned into a cow, got her in, in all intents and purposes imprisoned. And then he sprung out without her really knowing. And then she gets tormented by a fly the whole way down to where she gets to. Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, please have mercy on her because you know she doesn't deserve it." You're like, too right, she doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Fucking Zeus! Oh, jeez. So anyway, uh, yeah, Hera's rage, uh, you know, wanes, and she sort of, you know, bends to the the pleas. She's 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 moved by the pleas of Zeus, and she goes, oh, "All right, mm. I'll turn her back. I'll restore her to human form." Fair play. Yeah, fair play. You know, she, she saw sense. Um, I hope that she would have uh, then gone to Zeus and been like, all right, mate, you've got to get a little something now. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we are we're uninformed. Yeah, sweet. As to what happens next, yeah. She all goes back to normal for the Olympians. But Io, uh, she's now in her new land of Egypt. Yep. And she was found by the waters of the Nile. Uh, by the local inhabitants, the Egyptians, who immediately made her their queen. As a cow? No, as a human. Okay. Get on the stick, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, uh, I, I, um, I thought perhaps they might launch her into space. <laughs> well, that was, the se- that was the second option. They're like, all right, I'll tell you what. If no one finds her lying by this river in the next... 10 minutes, she's going into orbit. <laughs> is that right? like, brilliant. All right. There's a good spot near Jupiter she can go to. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, luckily enough, uh, they're nine and a half minutes in. Um, yeah. They're, they're, ready to, they're ready to start the countdown. And the Egyptians, the local Egyptians, uh, chance upon her and make her their queen. Uh, now, yeah, it's good for her. I mean, you know, if all it takes is being found by a river and you get to immediately uh, installed as a monarch, not a bad way to go. Oh, it's all about the journey, really, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, a, hell of a, it's a hell of a thing to be stung by a giant gadfly sent by some, you know, some jealous goddess, you know, because you've been, you know, messing around with the, with the king of the gods. By the way, what, what, what's like the jurisdiction here? Like, at what stage, you know, do, like, you know, does, do the gods of, you know, of, do the Greek gods kind of go, oh, mate, that's, uh, that's Egypt. We can't, we can't go in there. Mate, why not? Like, figure Anubis is awake. <laughs> oh. Well, the, well it's, it's, it's quite funny. This is a little side quest, this one, because um, all these sort of, all these, these areas or these, these regions uh, and the people within them, they all had a very, um, I can't remember the name of the term. I should actually insert it in there later on. But it's a, a way of identifying your own god or other people's gods with your own. And so, oh, right. so you would say, just think think uh, later on with the Romans and the way they adopt uh, Greek culture and Greek mythology. Uh, they 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 use uh, Jupiter as Zeus. Ah, so, indeed. So, so it would be it would be very much the way they're saying, oh. Uh, Zeus did this, uh, but you guys know him as Jupiter, but he is the same. Ah, uh, so yeah, I see. Right, yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Check yeah, it out. So yep. it's, it's like that. A lot of these like Near Eastern cultures and and uh, with the Greeks, they identified. Oh, yeah, you guys have a pantheon of gods as well. Uh, they just had different names to ours, but essentially we accept them as being the same. This may be a little bit of a generalized um, look at it, but it, 
it does carry a lot. Explanation of the world. Does um like you know does say Zeus for example or you know whoever have like some sort of identity crisis like um I'm Zeus over here and he gets like close to the border. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> uh, but you're Jupiter. What? Um, just tell us which one, mate. <laughs> oh, he's probably fucked with a few people as well. I am <laughs> Jupiter. Ah, uh, Zeus, actually. <laughs> Perfectly simple, Zeus. Just tell us, or Jupiter, which one are you, mate? We'll, we'll, we'll worship you, don't worry. But think, they, they, all, they all just say, oh, you know, oh, you're the same. You're, you are, you're, you're Jupiter, you are Zeus, you, you're that guy. You're that guy. We, uh, we know yep. you because we, we recognise you as somebody else as well. So that's all good. Very good, very good. But yeah, so 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 Io comes to the Egyptians spilling that tale, and they go, "Oh, yep, you've clearly got what's needed to rule." Brilliant, brilliant. So they make her uh, their queen. Yep, Pharaoh. And she she marries. Yes, she marries uh, a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Telegonus. Right. And gives birth to a love a lovely fellow named Apaphis. Telegonus isn't Egyptian, is it? Uh, I don't believe so. I believe he's actually sort of more um, near Eastern, but it sounds very, it sounds very Greek. It's hard, it's hard to tell with him. He does have a, a little bit to play in another story, or their son Epaphras does, um, but not, not so much in this one. All you know is that uh, Io, she lives happily uh, in Egypt. Brilliant. Uh, no gadflies, no, no, no being messed with with the gods. How, is, how did she go as a, in her reign? Well, she must have. She must have been doing something, right? Because as soon as the like, like when she's uh, when she dies, uh, the Egyptians carve a massive statue uh, to her following her burial, and they come to know and worship her as the goddess Isis. Ah, mate, how good's that? Yeah. So, whether or not that is true, um, I, I I highly doubt that. It's more so uh, a way of 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 Greek writers, Greek and Roman writers, explaining to the reader. Ah, this the the cult of Isis, like the the goddess Isis in Egyptian mythology. We know her yeah. as Io. Like we know her, she came into being because Io was, you know, right. a part of our pantheon. Like she was part of our stories, and she goes over there and she gets worshipped. So there's a way of identifying that one. But it's a lovely end of the story. It certainly is. When you when you say true, as in like you know, you're you're skeptical as to whether you know some dude, you know, like a, a Greek a king of the gods turned someone into a cow. You know, after um, after oh whoa, basically... whoa, 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 that happened. <laughs> right? I will be damned if anyone calls this into question. <laughs> well, no, it's perfectly logical. No, <laughs> more so the uh, <laughs> more so the validity of um of a a a woman by the name of Io, um, ruling Becoming, like a monarch ruling. Yeah. And her being known as the god S, the goddess Isis. So yeah, it I could see, have it could have happened, but it seems that it's more of an explanation to a Greek or Western reader, uh, a way to link the the worship of the Egyptian goddess Isis with uh, with Greek and Roman mythologies. So it'd be like, oh, that's yes. that's so it's a way of getting a bit of familiarity with it, or a bit of a common common ground. Explanation of the world. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, very good, sir. Yeah. So there we go. That is the tale of Io. Mate, what a what a wonderfully uh yeah what a what a wonderfully circular sort of tale, you know, and um historically interesting in terms of just uh, where things wind up at different stages. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's quite you know it's a bit raunchy, you know. You know, it depends on you know obviously it depends on you know on on the how many of of the of listeners are. Or into that sort of thing, and you know, and we can't be condoning, um, you know, any sort of like uh, sort of sex with animals and on this on this channel, so to speak. Um, but you know, obviously, <laughs> I don't think anyone wants. <laughs> if, think anyone if, wants. if you are into that, please know that you know it's perfectly okay. Just try not to act upon it, because uh, it's just not very nice for the animal, unless of course the animal really is consenting. Just say no, kids. Just say no. <laughs> Exactly, you know. Uh, but don't well, worry about those thoughts. Mate, you're not going to like listening to, uh, uh, I think it was part three of uh, The Curse of the House of Atreus because you've got Zeus appearing to this woman as a goose and uh, <laughs> a goose or a swan and having it off with her. <laughs> oh, my God. Probably, probably quite a, 
It's a bit like that neck, man. It's quite a phallic sort of thing, you know, like the you know the, the, the swan neck, really. My word, gets a bit, gets all a bit animated, doesn't it? Like all a bit tenti- tentacular. Well, yeah, you know, it could have been, it could have been a doctor as well, Doctor Goose up the up the caboose. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's you are a goose. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, whoever wrote these stories was a bit of a goose as well. Some <laughs> the way they go. <laughs> no, it was uh no. I I, uh, I thought this is this tale was rather interesting. Um, it was one of the ones I actually studied. Uh, what second year I think it was, uh, at uni, and um, mm. I found it quite interesting in the way that they um, sort of uh, delve with the mythology of it in terms of the stories of the gods and how they interact with humans and that, but also just the way they uh, use these stories as a way of um, explaining elements of the world around them. Like the peacock feathers mm. having Argus's eyes, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the term for the Bosphorus, I mean, why gadflies sting cows um, and even the <laughs> explanation for like the, uh, why something was called the Ionian sea. How about just why gadflies? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why you have, a, have like a, an albatross with harpoons for for legs or something. Just like, oh, let's really mess this cow up. But <laughs> you're right. I'm gonna send this like this particularly annoying little creature <laughs> across across half the world to sting you, lady. You're gonna feel it. Don't worry about. It. No, you're gonna be uncomfortable for a long time. And eh, no, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Get off. Yes. No, no, quite uh, fascinating. No, it's a, as, as really also you t- you told it very well, sir. Quite riveting and you know very um, you know very fun you know to to partake in you know in this in this in this uh, episode. Oh, well, that was a that was a pleasure, mate. Oh, yeah. excellent. Well, uh, yes, no doubt we shall. Uh, we'll I'll come up with some more stories. I'll come up, but I shall. Uh, I'll research some more stories and um, have something something to retell to you. No, sir, and I shall be here to uh, you know to to offer my you know, my general wit and uh, and. Uh, and ways and, and try what? to i'll try to keep out the, the the best ophelia you know i'm not really into it well you know sometimes you know the best way to uh to combat something is just by by bringing it to the forefront people don't know about it people can't stop it <laughs> exactly right in terms of bestiality uh the little history podcast they say no they stand against it <laughs> exactly we patrick and i do not condone bestiality or necrophilia. It's very whoa, bad. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You hold on there. Don't don't start saying <laughs> things we uh. <laughs> no. take back later. You say the right things. Say the right things. Uh, yes, none of that. None of that. Thank you. No sir. No sir. Just the great stories. Well then, well we shall talk again. Uh, talk again later. Yes. Thanks. Thank you for joining. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you all again soon. And that we shall. Be well, my man. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to A Little History. Uh, We're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing A Little History today. Uh, And feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to alittlehistorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under A Little History Podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.